You are listening to TMB DOS. They must be destroyed on sight. The following podcast may contain language and discussions of a frank and adult nature, and spoilers regarding the films discussed are always to be expected. Thank you for joining us. Now start the show, Dr. Rausch. They must be destroyed on sight! to They Must Be Destroyed on Site, intermission episode number 23, and it's been a long damn time since we've done one of these. Uh, I'm your host, Lee Russell, and yeah, no episode this week, and there won't be an episode next week either, just due to scheduling conflicts, uh, basically because I'm working on the weekends, so kind of fucks up scheduling, and the weather's been way too hot and disgusting here in my neck of the woods in Nova Scotia, so I just don't feel like sitting in front of a computer and recording and drinking and uh, just getting incredibly sweaty and uncomfortable. Uh, there's enough sweat and discomfort already as it is just doing my day-to-day stuff uh, in this weather, so just trying to reduce that a little bit. But I thought I would throw out an intermission episode for you guys. I'm going to try to knock the background noise out here, but I've got two fans going. And I have a window open, and my street's pretty goddamn loud. But uh, hopefully it won't be too distracting for you guys. So, what's going on with the uh, podcast? What's coming up next? Well, first off, the next movie we are going to be covering is Ganja and Hess from 1973. That will be recorded the weekend after next, if all things happen correctly. That's the next weekend I have where I'm not working on a Friday, so I can actually record then. After that, and I should just pull this up here, should be better prepared, but I'm not. Um was initially hoping that this stuff was just going to last for the summer, but it looks like we're going to bleed right into the fall with the horror movies. We still want to do the Karnstein trilogy of vampire films, uh, The Vampire Lovers, Lust for a Vampire, and Twins of Evil. We want to do Dead and Buried. I was throwing that towards Mr. Duncan McLeish from the podcast Under the Stairs. Uh, He showed some interest in maybe wanting to guest on that, so got to make some arrangements there. We're going to also probably do Deathline from 1972, uh, also known as Raw Meat, and The Countess Dracula from 1971. Also, potential for a nice little collaboration between us and Cinema PsyOps uh, to do some of the Blind Dead films. We're just in sort of preliminary discussions here, but uh, a couple of the Blind Dead films anyway. We're going to do all of them in some form or another as well as Mansion of the Living Dead from 1982, which is Jess Franco's sort of uh, co-opting of the Blind Dead stuff to uh, make a sort of horror-slash-softcore porno movie, basically, is what it is. Um, But yeah, that's sort of the rough outline of what's going on, so that might take us through August into September. 
in October, I think we're going to be doing all werewolf movies. I sort of promised Paul that we would uh, do a bunch of Nashy stuff. So a bunch of Paul Nashy uh, werewolf movies. So uh, you got that to look forward to. As for the Blood on the Tracks uh, soundtrack show that we also do on this feed, that is coming up at the end of the month. I almost have it done. Initially, it was just going to be Italian post-apocalyptic films but honestly I couldn't find enough stuff and enough stuff of good quality most of it was just like really terrible uh, YouTube rips of uh, stuff directly from movies uh, soundtrack wise I decided to sort of change things up a little bit so I might even just split this into two episodes I was thinking of doing dystopian films and post-apocalyptic films there's a slight difference there of course see what happens I'm not too sure yet if I'm going to split it into two or just narrow down the playlist and include both sort of themes together. But uh, I have a shitload of songs, and I'm thinking I can get two episodes out of this, so I, that's probably what I'm going to do, yeah. I just did a recent stint on Short Bus Cinema, uh, Ricky Morgan and Johnny Krug's podcast where they look at really terrible movies. Uh, we did the movie I suggested, Death Sport, from 1978 with David Carradine, and uh, Claudia Jennings and it's an excellent episode had a lot of fun on that podcast hope to have Ricky and Johnny on this one at some point and also coming up sometime soon I also did a episode of Sloppy Seconds which is the sequel podcast that Gary Hill does uh, he sometimes posts it over at the um, what is it Horophilia Podcast Network and Sometimes it's on Legion, I think. He seemed to be debating whether he was going to... Uh, what what service he was going to put it on, or if he was going to put it on both, I think. Um, something along those lines. Still not up yet, but when it is, I will link to it in the Facebook group. Um, but yeah, I'll put the link to the Short Bus Cinema stuff in the show notes for this show. And yeah, so I'm going to do some reviews of recent movies I've watched lately. I'll just uh, run them down briefly after we uh, cut to a little break with some promos for other podcasts that I enjoy and a little bit of music. Also going to talk about some recent purchases before I get into the reviews. So we'll be right back. You ungodly warlock. You're traveling through another dimension. It's a dimension of not only a film and sound, but mind. A journey into an auditory movie review adventure that must be experienced to be believed. There's a signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the Doomsday Clock. You can extract the Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock podcast by either searching for WYCH on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, tune in, and on your Android device. Which versus the Doomsday Clock is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. So prepare yourself. The podcast ice is gonna break. full of them. From low-budget crap fests to downright unwatchable, 
and only two men are willing to watch them all. So climb in and take your seat. This is Short Bus Cinema. Let's do it. Hey everyone, this is Johnny Krug from Kruger Nation. And this is Rick Morgan from the Helming Power Hour. Well, we have decided to team up and take you where no one has gone before. We're on a quest to find the world's worst movie, and we're doing it on the bus. Driving through cult classics in every genre to find the holy grail of bad movies. So if you're looking for something different and more fun than you can stand, then climb on in. Short Bus Cinema is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. That's right, yo! Short Bus Cinema. We'd love to watch the movies you hate. Clytus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the planet Earth. How peaceful it looks. Most effective, Your Majesty. Will you destroy this Earth? Destroy it utterly. Send Rick and Danny in Wool Rocket Ajax. So, just destroy it? That's what Ming said. Don't you ever listen? Well, there's no arguing with Ming. Hail Ming. Wait! You see those transmissions on the Visua screen? Crow? Nightmare on Elm Street? Judd 2? Black Belt Jones? Nightbreed? What's a critter? I've seen those things. Flash? I guess we could wait a while before the destruction. Yeah, and watch the movies. And talk about them. The Helming Power Hour. Disobedience to Ming. For now. You can find us at Legion Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. iTunes. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. At WW... You know what? Just Google it for yourself. Just Google it, you bastages. Helming. Breaking 2? Electric Boogaloo? Samurai Cop? Army of Darkness? Flash Dance? <laughs> we might destroy the planet if it's Flash Dance. You ungodly warlock.
Okay, we're back, and I'm going to detail for you now a couple of purchases I made. you got to love the Barnes & Noble Criterion sales, where they go 50% off on a bucket load of their things. And still, their prices are generally just kind of really cool anyway in Barnes & Noble for the Criterion stuff, because some of this stuff can really get up there. And also, you get to find a lot of stuff that, some of it's out of print, if you just try to get it from Criterion themselves. And a lot of the stuff is just at this point where DVDs are going out of fashion, Blu-rays are becoming the norm. Uh, you can get a lot of these harder to get DVDs that uh, you otherwise can't find. Or you could, you know, you have to go on eBay to pay up the asshole for, right? So, I made a few purchases here. I'm not a big spender <laughs> as far as these sales go. Um, I'm not going crazy here, but uh, I did find four titles that in the last couple months that I was really interested in, so I purchased off Barnes & Noble. First one I'll mention is David Cronenberg's The Brood from 1979. So you, you got Samantha Egger and uh, Art Hindle, Oliver Reed, of course. And this is probably the first big movie for Cronenberg, like is one of the ones that kind of put him on the map as a real talent as far as his brand of horror and uh, I love this film and I'm glad I finally have it on DVD totally restored and looking great so uh, there you go but got the brood and of course all these I'm talking about I think there's blu-ray editions of this shit as well so you know if, if you got a blu-ray player if you're you know actually in the 21st century unlike myself uh, you're not a Luddite like me who still has a DVD player. You can still find this stuff. Um, and, of course, you can play DVDs on Blu-ray anyway, and they end up, for the most part, looking better. There's definitely some noticeable exceptions, but... Next off, I'll mention uh, Badlands from 1973, the uh, Terrence Malick film, the film that sort of put Terrence Malick on the fucking map. And, of course, you got Sissy Spacek and uh, Martin Sheen, and uh, it's based on the... Uh, what was it, the Starkweather killings from the 1950s. So, And this is the film that Quentin Tarantino basically ripped off to write True Romance, which is one of my all-time favorite films. And Badlands is also fucking great. Very uh, meditative film about serial killers, basically. Well, Sissy Spacek isn't really a serial killer, but Martin Sheen definitely is. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a good film. It's a really, really good film. Uh, I'm picking all these up, of course, for future podcast episodes, so I don't want to get too much in detail. I'm kind of hesitating here to talk too much about these films. Interesting here, this this one says, Disc Made in Mexico, printed on the sort of plastic. Uh, none of the other ones have that. Strange. Okay, uh, next up I'll mention The American Friend from uh, Wim Winders from 1977, Dennis Hopper, and uh, Bruno Gans, and this is the Thomas Ripley uh, adaptations. Uh, you thought the talented Mr. Ripley was the first adaptation of that novel series? You would be wrong. The, the American Friend actually came before that, and there was even one before this one, I believe. But uh, yeah, really interesting film. Uh, I don't know if Dennis Hopper necessarily uh, embodies Thomas Ripley quite that well, but he makes it his own thing anyway, so I mean it's Dennis Hopper, what can you do uh, you just gotta kinda go with it and I, I always love Bruno Gans whatever whatever I've seen him in is great and just the idea of uh, Hopper basically using him 
who's manipulating this terminally ill frame maker. He makes frames for paintings. Uh, basically just kind of uh, befriending him and manipulating him and making him a hitman, basically. Really good sort of back and forth, cat and mouse. Uh, am I your friend? Am I your enemy? Kind of story. Like it a lot. And then finally I'll mention John Cassavetti's The Killing of a Chinese Bookie from 1976. And this has the original 76 cut and then the highly compromised 78 cut. Great film. Uh, another, it's, it's kind of an art house gangster film and to some degree. It's a hitman film as well. I, I tend to gravitate towards hitman films for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, Ben, ben Garza, uh, or Gazzara. Am I getting that right? I can't remember. You know, as a, as a nightclub owner who just got un, out from under the thumb of the mafia with his nightclub and then gets pulled right back in with a really bad gambling debt and becomes a hitman for the uh, mafia and kills the top Chinese gangster in town and causes a lot of problems for himself. But it's it's really, really cool. So there you go. Those are what I've purchased in the last little while. You may or may not care. I don't give a fuck. It's part of the in- intermission episode. It's beefing it up a little bit. Killing a little time in between the music and the cool stuff. And we'll be right back for some movie reviews. And now I'm going to do some movie reviews. First one I'm going to mention, and these are all things I watched on Netflix, by the way. So, uh, there you go. Canadian Netflix. Just put that out there, you know. Uh, Some of this stuff might not show up on your version of Netflix. Although, I I suspect most other people's Netflixes are slightly superior to the Canadian version. They should just get their shit together and universally give the same shit to everybody, of course, but, you know, that's the world we live in. Um, first one I'm going to mention is Last Rampage, The Escape of Gary Tyson. I think it's just called Last Rampage on Netflix. I think they shortened the title for Netflix, but from 2017. And this is based on a real-life incident. Basically, a lifelong convict named Gary Tyson who um, sort of gaslighted his own children as he was in prison with their pr- prison visits to him, they broke him out of prison. They broke him and a serial killer out of prison. 
and they went on a rampage as they tried to escape to the Mexican border. Uh, they ended up killing a couple people, including a whole family, and this is sort of, sort of a recreation of that, and this is probably one of the more uh, grindhouse you know, modern-day versions of, like, a grindhouse film that you're going to find. Uh, stars Robert Patrick as Gary Tyson, and he's really good in this, really grizzled, hateful, spiteful piece of shit that you immediately don't like, and it's very matter-of-fact. It's It's not... It's not super exploitive, like, the violence is ugly, um, but I would sort of equate it to the same way the violence takes place in Zodiac. Uh, Kind of the same kind of idea where they try to recreate stuff accurately, they don't try to go over the top with it, and it makes it that much more effective. Um, And it just follows their story. Heather Graham plays uh, Gary Tyson's estranged wife, who is totally unrecognizable in this film. She's not given a lot to do, unfortunately, uh, which is a shame considering she totally changed herself for this performance. You you would kind of hope she'd have a little bit more in this film. But uh, the film itself is pretty good. This is sort of the film Rob Zombie wishes he could fucking make. Um, But he's just too tied down on rednecks swearing at each other and lots of over-the-top violence and bullshit um and don't get me wrong i like some of rob zombie stuff but for the most part his stuff is crap and uh this is the kind of thing he wishes he could sort of capture uh this is kind of like the devil's rejects the real devil's rejects kind of thing (laughs) it's it's very very good i liked it a lot if this was done in 1970s film stock it probably would have worked even more effectively for me, I think. But it, it doesn't wink at the audience or anything like that. It doesn't, oh, this is our grindhouse film, guys. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It's just very matter of the fact and just tells the story. Uh, there was another film that covered this uh, incident back in the day uh, called A Killer in the Family, starring Robert Mitchum, that was also kind of had a kind of that vibe to it. You know, just very matter-of-fact, by-the-books by the kind of thing. But they had to dumb the violence down a lot. It, it wasn't as wasn't as nasty, because it was a made-for-TV film. But there you go. This is worth checking out. Uh, it's not a great film or anything like that, but it's it's a lot of fun. And if you like sort of grindhouse-y exploitation films that are just kind of gritty, they're not, you know, over-the-top crazy shit, uh, I think you'll like this. So it's, it's worth checking out. Next one I'll mention is Mercury Rising from 1998. This is, of course, a Bruce Willis film where Bruce Willis is these, this sort of disgraced uh, FBI agent who finds himself protecting an autistic child from the NSA or a super shadowy section of the NSA that's evil. and <laughs> Because the autistic child... Of course, he's autistic, so he's brilliant, and he can crack government codes. He cracks a secret government code that is protecting uh, foreign agents who have uh, been implanted in foreign governments. So, Alec Baldwin is the head of the shadowy NSA uh, division that is running this, and Alec Baldwin, asshole in real life, plays an asshole very well in film, and so he makes a great villain here. Bruce Willis was still giving a shit at this point, and this film sort of retains the sort of really cold nastiness that a lot of 
action films in the 80s had. It, it, it still had the sort of gritty feeling, feeling to it, so it still kind of works. Um, I don't know if the, uh, <laughs> the depictions of autism are all that sensitive. Um, I, I'll, I'll say this. Bruce Willis does not cure the child's autism in the film, which is an added plus because I fully expected them to go that way at some point. But, no, it's, it's actually fun. It moves really quick. And, you know, if you like Bruce Willis's good stuff, this is one of his better films as far as just him giving a shit and making a decent action film. And around this period, action films were really dying off and being just totally shit. So, diamond in the rough kind of, uh, excuse me, kind of idea. Next I'll mention, from 2018, it's a Bigfoot movie called Big Legend. Most Bigfoot movies are shit. Most of them are pretty much crap. This one is not. It's a very low-budget but very well-done Bigfoot film about a guy who takes his fiance out into the woods. Uh, Bigfoot attacks, drags his wife away, and kills her. Um, you don't quite know it from the beginning, but you kind of suspect, yeah, she's going to be dead. And so he decides... After uh, spending a little bit of time in a mental institution, he gets released, and he goes out hunting Bigfoot. And uh, there's cameos from Lance Hendrickson and Adrian Barbeau. Uh, the film is very low budget. It doesn't quite have enough budget to, uh, I don't know, bring everything together quite copacetically, but what it does have is a lot of heart and a lot of can-do attitude, and the effects, I think, are pretty good. It's filmed really well when it when they're out in the woods. Uh, there's some good suspense, and I think the Bigfoot looks kind of cool. Almost like sort of wild, hairy man kind of Bigfoot. Not necessarily the big, super monstrous, tall, Harry and Henderson's Bigfoot, or a lot of the other sort of horror Bigfoots that you see in some of these films. More of a, you know, maybe six-foot-ish uh, monstrous, hairy, ape creature, kind of Bigfoot almost. And it's very gritty, very bloody, and what it does well, it does really well. And basically this movie sets up four sequels. Kind of sets up like a uh, monster hunter series, where maybe this guy will go on to hunt other monsters. Uh, kind of like what Jack Brooks' Monster Slayer should have been. Uh, if they had ever made another Jack Brooks movie. So if that sounds interesting to you, I'd suggest you check this out. I liked it a lot. Uh, again, not super great or anything like that, but it's a fun little sort of low-budget effort that works fairly well. I didn't see this one on Netflix. I think I said I saw all the stuff on Netflix. No, I didn't see this one on Netflix, so uh, I'll correct myself there. Sorry. Also, I watched, um, and this one I didn't see on Netflix either, I don't think, so fuck, what am I even talking about? Escape Plan 2, Hades. You remember Escape Plan with Sylvester Stallone? Well, if you don't, then this movie's even going to be more confusing, but uh, if you remember Escape Plan with Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger, where they uh, broke out of this super uh, elite prison, and I thought that was a fun movie. I thought it was pretty good, you know... Both those guys were getting on in age, but they had charm, they had charisma, 
and they had like Vinnie Jones to beat up, and uh, it was good stuff. It, it was it was fairly well done. This one, not so much. Um, it's very tired. Um, doesn't have Arnie to bounce off of in this one, so it's just Sylvester Stallone when he bothers to show up. He's got this whole team of guys. They go into this super max prison, and they have to break guys out, and there's all this sort of double-crossing bullshit. And, you know, the actors are game, but they're not really given much. Um, Dave Bautista's in this one. Probably one he wants to erase off his resume, honestly, considering his Guardians of the Galaxy fame. Everyone just kind of sleeps with this. I mean, it's it's well-produced and slick-looking, um, and you could do a lot worse, but I'd still skip it. Yeah, it's... There's a lot of subplots that bog this down when it should have been very straightforward. And unfortunately, they try to make this much more complicated than it has to be. And apparently there's a part three as well that's in production or has been produced. And I'm not sure I want to watch that. And finally, this one's on Netflix. So I'm not totally lying. At least half of these films are on Netflix, I think. Yeah, I'll just go with that. Caliber from 2018. Um, this one's about two friends. They've been estranged for a while. It's kind of one of those things where it's like you're friends with this guy who's kind of an asshole, and then you kind of drift apart for a while, and then you kind of feel obligated to hang out with him again if he contacts you. That's kind of what the situation is. But they go they go on a uh, hunting trip in rural Scotland. And unfortunately, there's a hunting accident, and this hunting accident involves them having to cover up certain deeds from the local population after they already had sort of ingratiated themselves with the locals. There's a bit of a deliverance vibe to this in that, you know, it's like the city folk outsiders against the more rural close-knit society, but it's not as aggressively hateful as uh, deliverance is where, you know, the small town really hates the outsiders. Uh, they're actually kind of decent people who want to be accepting of these people. And there's also a bit of a uh, straw dogs feel to this as well. It's, it's just the way the tension is built up because they have the hunting incident and then they have to try to cover this up from the town and they find themselves kind of trapped by the townspeople. They can't quite just leave. They have to kind of lie their way out of the situation and things keep sort of building on the lie. It just keeps building and building and building to a really nasty end. And it's a very effective old style kind of thriller that way. And uh, I liked it a lot. And I'm not going to spoil it too much because I think it's definitely the sort of gem out of all these films I've mentioned and this is the one to really look for so Caliber from 2018 definitely check that one out if you're going to check any of these films out that I mentioned and okay we're going to break off here very quickly and we'll be right back with the end of the show Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Oh, necrophilia. It's a dead issue, man. Don't, don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked. 
Scrooge. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in you. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. Oh, I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of here. unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this movie. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17-year-olds should be watching this movie. Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this like little nerd glee with everything that kept Little history up. doll yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you, you know, couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped from watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was How be did a rough you watch movie. this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. All right, that's going to do it for this intermission episode. Thanks for listening, guys. Again, apologies that we don't have the regular episodes these two weeks, but, um, and I mean, we've missed some opportunities for intermission episodes as well. It's just been really, really busy for me, most mostly more than anything else. It's, it's mostly been my fault that we haven't been able to do a week-by-week thing every time. And, uh, you know, that sucks, because I want to put out something every week for you guys to listen to, because we do appreciate you guys listening. Anyway, you can find us at tmbdos.podbean.com, where you can find our Facebook, iTunes, and YouTube links. Join our Facebook group if you have not done so already. It's the best place to get in touch with us and find out what's going on in the podcast, you know, when we're not doing these intermission episodes telling you what the fuck's going on. And uh, we'd appreciate your feedback. And until next time, where we do Ganjin Hess, which should be the... I think we're recording on the 4th of August? Maybe the 3rd of August. I don't know. Whatever the next Friday is, that's when we're going to be recording. So you'll see it the Monday following. But until then, thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you later. Bye-bye.
You've been listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Sight. For other episodes, our Apple Podcast, YouTube, and Facebook group links, as well as podcasts and websites of similar interest, please visit us at tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you. Drive through. <laughs>